Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your new favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. Today we have a very, very, very special guest, Chef Santana. Hey! Boo, 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 boo. hey. <laughs> you know, coming live from San Juan, Puerto Rico, and just always on some good vibe, good love, good energy, and... I'm really excited to have you here because I feel like our previous conversations um, just about life and about our transitions and uh, just being here on the island inspired this, you know, inspired Mm -hmm. and was able to push me to finally say, okay, I'm going to record. Okay, I'm not going to be afraid of all the things that have happened. Like, I'm here and I'm going to take advantage of this moment. So, welcome. Thank you. Gracias. Gracias. So... First of all, tell our wonderful listeners a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what are you doing on the island? Okay, man, that is such a complicated answer, (laughs) but it's actually quick and easy. I am, I recently moved here in September from Brooklyn. I'm not from Brooklyn. Um, I ended up, I was living there the last five years. I come from military parents. My mother is black American from L.A., originally Oakland, and my father is Afro-Puerto Rican. Our family's from Vieques, Puerto Rico, but they migrated to St. Croix, so he's Cruzan. And I ended up in New York for culinary school. I was, you know, I went worked in restaurants, and I worked as a private chef, and freelance chef, did all kinds of things, wrote recipes for produce companies, and just, you know, um, ended up in the acting world on some random but destiny shit. And what's it called? <laughs> shout, shout it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got to have it, which season two is coming in the spring. Check it out. Coming Great. in the you spring. It's box. so good. It's tightened up and even better. And we have an episode here in Puerto Rico, which is dope. Episode seven, which is my number. Super excited. Um, Why seven? What's so special about that's seven? That's Yamaya's number. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm here on the island. I decided to move here. I lived here for about six months in 2017. After we wrapped season one, I was like, you know what? It's cold. I don't know what I'm going, what I'm doing right now, but I want to go shoot this documentary, which I have so many hours of footage of, never been released. I did it with two of my journalist friends, and we never finished it up. But I do remember that it's, we have some good footage. Man, we have good footage. I um, caught you when I was on my way out. Yeah, right before, nacional. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right before things got crazy. I'm yeah, usually like gassed. that. Yeah, that was a really good day. It was really high energy. All kind, all ages were there. Families were there together. Mm-hmm. It was really like, it was dope. Right, I think that was back in 2017. Yeah, right? that was May right. 1st, 2017. Exactly. Pre-Maria. Maria hit in October. Exactly. Or September, excuse me. Because yeah. I had plans to move back in October. But anyway, so I had plans to move back in October. Um, but Maria hit and, you know, things just kind of took a detour. Season one premieres. I wanted to be in New York for that. I thought I should be around for that. And then um, we came back for season two to shoot in June. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. When I get back to Brooklyn, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, you know, get my shit out of storage, put it on a boat. I'm going to, you know, use all, save all this money I'm making in the summertime to make that happen and figure out the fucking rest when I get there. Do you feel like being Puerto Rican inspired you to come here or were Mm -hmm. you called somewhere else? For sure. I mean, I didn't think, like, I I thought if I was going to move to New York, from New York to somewhere, it would be probably L.A. because my family's from there and I love L.A. I lived in Cali as a kid. I'm just a big fan of it. 
Um, cause those are only the two, Cali and New York are kind of the only places in the States I could see myself ever living, okay. to be really honest. I've really never, I've been to New York when I was a child, but I've never been to Cali and I'm, as an adult, not New York. So like, yeah. those are extreme worlds from one Atlanta, you know, for me. Yeah. And then like to come here and having those options. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but you had been able to move around and you've lived in many places. So like, yeah, yeah. I've even lived in Texas, which I loved, you know, I lived, I went to middle school and high school in Texas. My parents were in the air force. So we were stationed there in San Antonio, mm-hmm. which is why I'm obsessed with Mexico and Mexican things and Mexican people. And right. Culture. I big up to Mexican everything all the time. And you recently were just in Mexico. What was going yeah, on out there? We were there for 20 days. Um, I originally wanted to go for Dia de los Muertos in the mm-hmm. beginning of November, late October. Mm-hmm. And my homegirl Pia, one of my good girlfriends, Pia Love, she um, told me at the time, she's like, yo, I'm doing a retreat in Mexico, but over Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh shit, that's my 32nd birthday. My birthday mm-hmm. is November 22nd, and it was on Thanksgiving this year. It was my 32nd birthday. So I detoured a little bit and I decided I'm going to Mexico City, Brazil and India are my top three that I have never been to that I've been dying to go to. I've been to Mexico, but to like resort Mexico. Right. Me too. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a couple days in Mexico City and then I'm going to join this retreat and then do Oaxaca City. And I Mm. did all that. We ended up. You got to Mount- see Mexico, not oh just like. Oh my god! The oh, food, the people, the food. Like that is a clean, beautiful, peaceful, quiet country. Like wow. people are quiet there. Like compared to Boricuas, you know, we're so loud <laughs> in the streets. Like, and Mexico City is so big, but it, I mean, it's massive. It's like tw- over twenty million people. You fly in, and you, it looks like you're in, and you're watching a movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's that big. It's sprawling, but they're somehow so kind of calm and quiet, and the streets are clean and. It's Arts. so crazy how, like, the media portrays it. And, you like, it's so dangerous. And they're like, you don't go there. And then you get there. And you're Ugh. like, wow. It's interesting what they're hiding from us. Like, in so many different countries that yeah. I've traveled to. Like, wow, we're so fooled. But... I'm happy to say at this point in my life, many years I've, I've known much better. But, yeah, generally I think that a lot of people are fooled. And... If there are parts... Don't get me wrong. I talk to people. There are parts of Mexico, like I hear, for, I understand the north... <coughs> excuse me the, the north has a lot of like cartel issues and mm-hmm. it's very dangerous but and i'm sure in the city is very connected to that too but i felt real safe really safe i was out late one night i went to an afro party to like three in the morning then i got tacos till four i just felt safe there you know yeah and the people are just cool and and i don't want to yielding makes them sound i'm not trying to make them sound like weak or meek but they're like yielding in the sense that like yeah they're yielding to each other which is really nice because mm-hmm. everyone does it so it's like everyone. It's a flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It works together because it's just like, okay, this is the community. Almost like one, like during Maria, it's like everyone worked together. And it's like, it was totally different. Some people would refer to it, oh, well, this is new way, the new way of life. And it's like, even though it this felt is utopian not, at the moment. you know, it's mm-hmm. like exactly like, wow, neighbors, people that we hadn't <laughs> been able to communicate with, you know. And also just being able to say like, I'm here if you need anything. Mm-hmm. And, um... That openness, because, like, if, for example, I remember, like, just walking out and just seeing, like, just bare trees and seeing, like, homes that I've never saw before and, like, seen before. And it's just, like, what's going on? Um, but also, mm. that allowed us to meet people who we didn't hear stories, right? And also learn things. And it was just, like, we were able to pay a little bit more attention to 
the differences, right? And also similarities that we have. And I feel like you, with being able to travel to different places in the world, you've probably been able to connect different similarities that you have, not only just being American, but also being Boricua, but, and now transitioning to come to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. right? So with um, just that connection, you mentioned Yemaya, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that we, we also focus in the spirituality, right? So how does your number seven, how do you feel like believing her has helped guided you here on this journey? Well, I mean, it was wild to me that <laughs> that I that I ended up in this role because, well, for one, I think Spike thought the the, the visibly that that Anthony and I favored, and I'm sure he had already had Anthony in mind for, to play Mars, and then also the fact that I was Puerto Rican, I was living in Brooklyn, and he didn't even that storyline I found later was already written that he was going to have a priestess sister. Okay, and. The details weren't clear. Later, when we met for the first time, it was myself, Lemon, who was the story editor, not the writer of the story, but the story editor. Like, he kind of brought in the storyline with um, Ia Akile, who's the Yoruba consultant for the show, Mm -hmm. Um, and Spike. We all sat around the table. That was my first time meeting her, and now she's one of my best mentors. And, um, you know, it hadn't even been decided what priestess who would this character be? And it was kind of like, well, who, what kind of priestess will she be? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, that was like the number, that was my first choice, you mm-hmm. know? Because it was just so wild to me that I didn't ask for this opportunity, but it was so, you you literally couldn't write it. It was so blatant. I would be playing a priestess of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then not only later would the production come to Puerto Rico, you know, like, and that's a whole nother layer that I obviously won't talk about because mm-hmm. it hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to me, it's just so literal. It's sometimes... Sometimes Orisha is just so literal. You just have to laugh and it's, you know, yeah, it's just literal. And things are just like, I remember um, when I first went to Ghana, um, I was learning about the different um, symbols um, because one of the students, one of their research um, it was she was a like, linguistic major. Was just talking about different symbols, right? They're beautiful <clears throat> meanings. Right. Pia, I'm sorry, sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Pia has a really beautiful deck of cards that have all the different symbols, mm-hmm. and like really good. Like you read them and you're like, God damn, just a mm-hmm. couple words will kick you in the chest. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Life lessons. Exactly. <laughs> Succinct. Right? So in that, <laughs> one of the symbols me. is Sankofa, right? Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much that you need to look back, back. to move or to go forward. And sometimes I feel like. That happens not only just as travelers, you know, as when we tap into our ancestral traditions and like finding our ways. It's like, okay, wait, we've been able to adapt and modify, you know, how we believe, how we live, how we move, but we have these powers, right? From those who lived before, those who guided us before, and mm-hmm. being able to tap and those who we were before, exactly, right? Yeah. Um, because it's easy to forget that because this is a whole new realm and. Um, I think that's interesting because I feel like as a Christian growing up, but also being Liberian, how we worship was very different compared to, I would say, any other Baptist American or like Methodist. And I did go to like Methodist churches for a while, but like, once again, those are very different from Liberian churches. Mm -hmm. And, um, coming to the Caribbean and then later like reading Caribbean fiction, fiction and, tapping into spirituality and learning about mommy Walter and I'm like oh my goodness like these are so many connections we're also like right. 
And even when I started, I remember and my mom was just like, no, just leave that oh, research God. alone. <laughs> just, it's okay. Just, Deep you know, there. find something else. And I was just like, okay, well, if this is something that you don't want us to talk about, maybe I need to know. Because a lot of us fear things that we just don't understand. That's like typically... Caribbean, Afrost, Afri- just African, like they're Caribbeans and Africans, man. Like, is my dad's super Christian? My dad's very Caribbean. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with being. Christian. It's just like <laughs> no, the fact but I of know colonization like changes I'm, their mind how we see. That's things. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but yeah, things are still innate to us, especially like when we have certain closer connections, right? Um, right. So like, you can't kind of raise it. And so it's funny, and just secrets. I feel like you know that weren't taught that or passed down but eventually they later come out or you're learning them or these connections are made and I feel like that's very interesting to me in my life in the Caribbean in my studies right in the people I meet um how I feel I deal with spirituality or spirits or energy and how I see now and sometimes like it is frightening because like you realize your power is greater than your like and yours or just like you, you're, you're understanding another realm of life that you were kind of blinded towards or just kind mm-hmm. of, I guess, um, people made it, like, demonized in a way. Mm-hmm. But just the understanding of just, like, okay, well, we're all calling God different names for some people. We all practice different ways, you know? And also the reality of, like, well, if you're not bringing bad or doing bad to a spirit, you know what I'm saying? If you're not... It's almost like, I feel like, with culture and, like, any type of, like, race. Like, if you are... Like, I respect the Puerto Rican culture, right? And I understand what's going on, but I don't feel like I'm trying to be like, okay, well, this... I'm Puerto Rican, and this is how I do it, and I run it. Yeah. So, like, and I feel like that's the same with, with religion or understanding about different things about Santeria when I see in literary represent, representations. Like, I think I understand that this is what I'm identifying as... But I'm not trying to claim and <clears throat> use uh, this spirituality to my advantage to say I am the gatekeeper of the literary studies, you know. And I feel so like people many do people that. do that. Ugh, I just honestly, I put those people on mute. I'm not here for them. And those people have. That's not to take away at people. Some people, and the sad thing is, a lot of those people actually have real power. We all have our own power, right? But like, they're just. Mm. So what do you? With your power, how do you feel you're using your power in a good way now that you're back to Puerto Rico? Because I feel like maybe now you're connecting more. Your energy is probably higher that you're, like, closer to being able to connect with her. How do you feel? Yeah. Or what do you feel your power is doing here? And what are you going to do with it? Well, speaking back to Iaquile, she was saying how it's really dope how, you know, living here on the island is, like, living in nature living in the elements actually going to be able to go to yamaya every day and go to the ocean go to the river go to the mountains and you know like to live in the elements to you know that's that's a whole nother level and to live on this to be in the same places to go to Vieques and spend all that time where my egun lives where they're from like there's a there's a power and energy in that too so um th- i feel like I'm, I'm getting backtracked, but I feel like I was answering the question. But no, I feel like being here, just being here by that, just being here physically, I collect that energy and that power. So mm-hmm. that's that's really major, actually. And it makes me feel like I have, like, there's a complete purpose, you know. Mm-hmm. It's fine to, to live, to move here and just have a good time. But like I said, I was like, I didn't just move here just to party and bullshit. Like, exactly. I could party and bullshit anywhere. Mm-hmm. I have to party and bullshit in Puerto Rico, but... Um, 
you know, even before Maria, which is why I came and which was very strange because I really didn't have much, I don't know, even, I don't even have the wind blew this way, but I ended up here. My girl Kelly, who had lived here before, who's not Puerto Rican, but she'd been living here for a couple years. We talked about coming for a couple months and we made it happen down the road. And it just became this, like I had a, a project to go, I need things to do. I'm a, right. I like to do things, I'm a doer. So mm -hmm. I needed a project and the more I was like realizing what was really happening in PR, I was reading her more about the debt because it was being talked about more. Right. And that made me kind of like, that kind of made me look into things more on a real level. Right, and that's how I felt when I first moved here um, back into, well, officially moved here in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, I read The War Against All Puerto Ricans mm. by Nelson Dennis. And yeah. that like, cambio, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Changed the way I viewed the island, how I moved, you know, making sure I wasn't trying to take away because so many Americans, they, they came and fucked them up and mm -hmm. they still too constantly. And that's the problem. And I didn't want to be, you know, even though I don't feel American, you know, I am American, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so... I didn't want to be one of those people. Like, I hate when people call me gringa, you know? Like, I wanted to make sure that everything I do gives back and benefits the island. You know, I'm a student of La Yupi. You know, I make sure that if I can be in La Calle, I'm estoy luchando. You know what I'm saying? Sí, or if I am teaching and educating the future, like, it's hard to teach here and it's hard to be able to find your ways and work. I'm still finding a way to get back and you're doing the same yeah. way. We're trying to be able to feed the people and that's what we need is nourishment, not only just food, but water. Like people don't know, realize like we don't have clean water and people don't have filters. They don't have access to that. And I there's know. so many things that could be fixed if we just focus right on the you just gave me a really good idea i appreciate that more filters like in-home filters just to put right. in a faucet we could buy for people right so if you're listening you yeah. know puerto rico needs filters we need yeah. water you know because to out. be honest living here in this neighborhood i won't say my neighborhood mm -hmm. but living here in this neighborhood like i worry about because I drink from the faucet, and I realized I need to chill with that. Yeah, I did that for like two years when I lived in the I need to chill with that. It was not good. It's not good The water tastes so bad. Yeah. And you saw it. Like, especially when I first moved here, it was La Sequilla, so the drought was happening. So the water, like, we got water, like, every three days in my neighborhood. So, like, the water was sucia, like, brown when it came Oy. out. It was bad. And I didn't, luckily, one of my best friends bought me a filter. And that's when I started using it. But that was, like, almost two years later, you know? Yeah, so um, I... I I realize, like, especially in these neighborhoods, they're not trying to pump. They're not, they don't care about water quality. Come on. So, anyway, yeah, I, um, I, yeah, so now the, the big thing, aside from my other, like, you know, for profit work that I do, mm -hmm. but the nonprofit stuff, the stuff I'm not making money off of, the stuff that is just going to be something I'll be doing to just Too part bad. of living here. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do, I'm calling it a free, you know, the free breakfast program, which is directly inspired by the Black Panthers and then, you know, later adapted by the Young Lords, the Puerto Ricans, Afro-Puerto Ricans in New York. But I need to figure out a way, because it's not going to be literally breakfast, okay. um, but I need to figure out a way, because it, the whole purpose of the Panthers breakfast and was not just to feed people, which was the main purpose but was to also provide education on what their purpose was and what mm -hmm. we need to be focusing on as a community as a collective of people and so I need to work on and I need to be I need to be getting help from my friends who are bilingual like in writing and reading like really really strongly bilingual and mm -hmm. reading and writing to help me develop this um this I don't want to say paraphernalia but <laughs> it's important because there's a reason I want people to know who inspired what this food is coming from, who's funding it. I want people to see that a lot of people are going to be in the diaspora in the states who don't have, don't have the the 
the privilege of just picking up and moving here. I don't right. have children to worry about who are in school systems. I don't have, you know, I, I have created a life for myself, yes, and I'll give myself all the props for that. I've created a life for myself to where I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is in a position to do that. And so people can only give financially when they can. And so, but people do care about, you know, the island. People do care. I, people yeah. that I've talked to ask me, how is it? People are like, whenever you need time. money. All the time. And so that's they important for people to understand that too. And so I'm not trying to push propaganda because I'm still new and learning, but I am trying to show people wh- wh- who inspired this, what my position is, and where you know wh- what I'm do- why I'm doing this really. And so that's my connection between um, my I don't want to say activism in in the states, but I guess so, mm-hmm. and pulling it here <clears throat> and making it more real life, more because I worked with a really dope group of good people called Siempre Siente. Um, in New York I love them I miss them they're great people and they do great work we used to do fundraisers they still do parties we do parties that raise funds for grassroots organizations here on the island okay. we give them money directly like okay. it's not people that are funneling it through it's mm-hmm. like we, we found organizations that we that people really know or connect to because everyone in that group is really connected to the island it okay. comes in a Good. real so way so make sure that exactly <coughs> I remember so, yeah. exactly right after the hurricane just going to drop off like my mentor at the airport and just seeing just like like just the lines like miles long of just like water bottles and food and it's just like okay because they they're donating it but it's not going to the people it's Mm. just like sitting in the sun like Mm -hmm. so it's make it's people need to make sure when they're donating or when they're trying to get in touch with people on the island that it's going to the people here and not just you know staying in the pockets of those who are keeping away from those who really need it you know yep but I feel like there's so much more to talk about um, in Puerto Rico and what's going on. Um, I definitely will definitely have you back on here to keep us updated with your story and your journey. Um, But usually as we end, I always like to ask people, how are you on your way? So Santana, now that you're here, how? I am on my way through uh, self-promotion. Which sounds cheaper than it is. No. Self-promotion through... um, I just believe in myself 100%. And I know what I'm doing is I'm going to love it. I'm going to enjoy it. People are going to back it. And and even aside from that work, I'm on my way in working with the right people and having real connections with people that I work with because 2019 is going to be fruitful as hell. Definitely. (laughs) Exactly. I'm all for it. So... (laughs) Thank you for having me. No, I'm here. <laughs> Tell the people how can they connect, how can they link with you, where you at, shout yourself out. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, it's Santana Caress, my first and my middle name, Santana Caress. S-A-N-T-A-N-A-C-A-R-E-S-S. Yes, yes. Show her love, people. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Um I can't wait. You know, I'm going to be holding down, supporting you, like, in your journey. I've Since I met you, I was like, okay, yes, and forever. But this is not the last that you'll hear from her. You guys show her love. We'll be following to the big sis. More good things to come. This is Issa's way, and y'all be blessed.